0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Falcons' Final Whistle podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm Scott Baer alongside Taryn Walk and Tori McElhaney coming to you from Mercedes-Benz Stadium after a 21-19 come-from-behind victory. Falcons over the visiting Houston Texans uh, where Young-Way-Koo nailed a... 37-yard game-winning field goal, and Desmond Ritter was pretty freaking awesome in uh, helping the Falcons get to 3-2. and The quarterback had a pair of subpar performances. I feel like it's fair to say against the Lions and the Jaguars, and he rebounded about as well as you could have, Yeah. what was his best performance as a pro? Well,
1: that's the thing is like coming into this game, this this was the main question was how was Desmond Ritter going to bounce back from what the last two games had been? And I, I think what we saw was something that I go back to that Arthur Smith has always said about Desmond Ritter is that he is really good in the like critical moments. He's really good when the pressure is on. And I personally feel like he was under as much pressure in this week leading up to this game as he's been since taking over the starting job last season with four games left in the season. There were a lot of people questioning whether or not he should be the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, not just right now, but obviously moving forward. And, I think that as we look back on this game, you know, was it perfect? No, I'm sure there were a lot of moments that I think the offense would have liked more production than what they had.
2: The first drive?
1: The first drive, yeah. But then they come out in that second drive, and it was one of the most fun drives that I think this this group has put together this year. And that's something that has been missing. And then you give them – Less than two minutes to go down and essentially win the game. And Desmond Ritter was part of all of that. And not just that, but he had what? He, he was 300 and t- had 329 passing yards on 28 completions. His leading receivers were Kyle Pitts and Drake London, which I know a lot of people have been missing over the last few weeks. I know Arthur Smith said that he was pretty damn good on Sunday. And I, I agree with that. And that was something that he really needed to be.
2: I think you saw him having some fun with it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, one play, even though it's not anything miraculous on paper, but in the moment that really stood out to me and kind of said enough or a little about Dez was when the. I know exactly Texans what you're talking about. Had, was it, I think it was False Starter or Encroachment, one of the two where they got flagged and Dez just stood there in his like stance. <laughs> Everyone else around him is moving and he's still there ready, waiting for the snap as if, like, hey, I'm dying with this lie or something like <laughs> they moved. I'm not moving. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's funny too, because even in his post-game press conference, you know, he comes in with this uh, hat backwards, the Falcons like pull over on. And he he was asked, which was really funny. He was asked, you know, on that touchdown shovel pass that you had to Bijan, you know, did you did you mean to put it there or something along the lines? And he goes, yeah, I definitely meant to put it in like, right into his back. That's absolutely what I wanted to do. And he's like, no, of course not. (laughs) So even, like, it's nice to see, because I I do think, like, this is a guy who has had a lot of pressure in the last two weeks, especially to see him kind of exactly what you're talking about, having a little bit of fun and having a little bit of success. It's it's kind of a, a refreshing um it's just refreshing.
2: The timing of it's a little odd considering people were questioning his status. And I think we saw him looser today than ever. Yes. And it's like, wait a minute. Shouldn't it have been when you were winning, not
1: losing? Again, but- it goes back to that main point that I was making about like the fact that Arthur Smith has said, this is a guy who turns it on in critical moments. This was as critical a moment of his in, his career up to this point.
0: And he's having fun with it. Right. Like, what? <laughs> if there's, I know that lots of athletes say that they tune out the outside noise and they don't care about what other people say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he hears it. Everyone does. He's at press conferences. He has to answer these questions about his job status. But I really don't think he cares much. About, no. Like, he hears it, but I – In one ear out the other. I really don't think that that's terribly important to him. And I think that that is another reason why the pressure's off a little bit because they invested heavily in a backup in Taylor Heineke, right? Six plus million dollars. Um,
1: And Taylor Heineke has proved that he can play some good football.
0: Exactly. And lead a team well. And I, I think that the big question for the Falcons after getting to two and two is you sort of felt like man, this team could be really, really good if they got consistent quarterback play, right? Mm -hmm. That there's a lot of talent around that spot. But ultimately, you know, I I think Desmond Desmond Ritter really stood tall here. It it was also interesting. Talked a little bit to Taylor Heineke after the game. That dude was just overwhelmingly supportive of his guy, knowing, hey, he's from the state of Georgia. He probably wants to star here. He He's a competitor. But I thought the way that Taylor talked about Desmond during the week and their conversations and their mindset in the quarterback room was just a really stand-up thing to do. Because obviously, in self-interest, Taylor wants to play. Right. Of course he does. But he did everything that he could to help this young player be in the best position to succeed. And I thought he was really successful again. Was it perfect? It most certainly was not, but in terms of the passing game and how you, and how you were to like draw it up, Mm. this is how it's supposed to look. Yeah. He had, I, so many people had receptions. Yeah. Today, a ton. He spread the ball around, Pitts and London were stars. Johnny Smith was really good. Yeah.
1: It's interesting. I'm sorry I cut you off, but it's funny to me, and maybe funny is not the right word, but you go, I know Falcons fans know what I'm about to bring up. The comment from Jimmy Ward from the locker room in Texas this week, where he said, Yeah, the Falcons have good receivers if they use them. And I it, They ain't going to throw it. And and that was the whole point. And it wasn't that he was, I think, dissing Desmond Ritter, which I think a lot of people took it that way. I really do think, and this is what I wrote in my five things to watch, I really do think that comment was more along the lines of this run game is the foundation of what this offense wants to be and wants to do. So they want to out-physical you at the line of scrimmage. Well, give Texas credit because outside of a few runs here and there – they really stopped the run pretty well. I mean, it was was a pretty impressive what they were able to do in stopping the run, and they did. They forced Desmond Ritter to make the plays with his arm, and to Desmond Ritter's credit,
2: he did. I mean, you just look at the net yards for both categories. 96 rushing, 351 passing. Yeah. Clearly skewed.
0: Right, right. And ultimately, there were some throws – The the throw to Keith Smith really stands out. Mm -hmm. Keith wasn't open necessarily, (laughs) but Desmond put it in a position – where only his guy could 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 catch it, and I think that there were a couple of different passes. There was also that there was a big play to Drake London down the sideline where he just let Drake go make a play. Yeah, and we've been talking about that a lot.
1: He did the same with Kyle, I think, on a couple plays too. Just mm-hmm. threw it up to him, and and those are the 50-50 balls that I think we've been wanting to see. Because that's the whole reason you have guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London is because of the advantage that you know they have in 50-50 ball situations. Mm -hmm. You know, you trust that if it's in a situation like that, even though it's technically 50-50, you sometimes feel like it's 70-30.
0: Yeah, 100%. And now we're having a much different conversation. Even if it's positive about Desmond Ritter, if he doesn't do what he did on the final drive, Mm. there's what? Right about two minutes left, three timeouts. I think Des called that an eternity in this league, and yeah, he's kind of right. He is right. But his execution was darn near flawless on that drive that to set up uh, Young Way's game winner. Mm-hmm. I feel
2: like I'm thinking back to the Packers game. Isn't this like a conversation we basically had then where it was like, oh, Des led the game-winning drive.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: he it,
2: peaked at the right moment. Yeah,
1: he, he turned it on when he needed to. But I think it was just overall, if we're talking about this offense or this final drive that set up the Young waku game-winning field goal, to me, you love seeing that. From Desmond Ritter, you love seeing the production of the offense in that moment just to be able to get down there and set up young Waku for a manageable field goal. But to me, that moment was just as much about the defense watching on the sideline. Because if you are this defense, and, you know, I don't want to put words into anybody's mouth, but it's just the feeling that I have. If you are this defense, you have gone out for four weeks, and you have played very well this defense has played as well as I think just about any defense in Atlanta for the last long time (laughs) like I'm not gonna put a am not gonna put a date on it but long time you have played very very well you've not only played very well but you have been the reason that the Falcons as a team has been able to stay alive in games and to honestly in the first two games of the season come back and have a chance to win the game So you're sitting there on the sideline knowing that you just gave up a touchdown that you definitely didn't want to give up. You are down by one now, and there's a minute and 49 seconds left on the clock. You as a defense can do nothing at this point. All you can do is give the the ball is now back in the offense stands, and you just have to trust that they're going to go hold up their end of the bargain. And I think for a lot – and I wrote about this on Monday in my notebook – There have been a lot of times in the last two games where the offense did not do that. They Mm -hmm. did not score points when they needed to, and it really put this defense in a bind because they're going out in in all what feels like over and over and over again and making stop after stop after stop and making these defensive stands without offensive answers, and that's tough on that unit. So what the offense did in being able to go down, and I know it's just a field goal, it's not a touchdown, but to be able to go down and essentially win this game – that has to mean a lot, and it has to go a long way for trust within both units, whether it's the defense trusting the offense or the offense trusting the defense. I think that moment really spoke to the offense kind of taking it within themselves and being like, hey, y'all have done a lot for us in these four games, in, the, in this fifth game too. I mean, can't, can't overlook the performance they had in this game too despite that, that final touchdown But you've done so much for us. We appreciate you. Let us go out and take the burden and go win this game.
2: Well, in the last two games, I just looked at it quickly, the time of possession has been skewed pretty significantly toward the winning team, a.k.a. not the Falcons. That goes to what you're saying about the defense having spent more time on the field than the offense. Mm -hmm. That's not the case today when it was 35-32 Atlanta, 24-28, Houston mm-hmm. so it that the numbers are there right. I go with the numbers <laughs> you go with the storylines I'm like where are the hard facts for this it's like where are the stats I need the numbers the only other time that the Falcons had a longer time of possession than their opponent was the Packers game mm-hmm. but again that's when the offense showed up and it felt like the most balanced game I think we're seeing a lot of that in this game mm-hmm.
0: I think there's a really good quote from Tory's story, uh, kind of diving into the final drive, a quote from Drake London. Mm -hmm. I feel like as an offense, we've been letting the defense down in a sense to go out there and have their backs this time was big for us. I think to have somebody like that Mm -hmm. say something like that, I I think it shows how much it meant in that moment. Because while the Falcons defense hasn't been – generating a lot of those kind of game-changing plays in terms of uh, sacks and takeaways and things like that they have been so tough mm-hmm. they are they are a tough team to gain yards on and I think that they're really good on critical downs so it was important um, for the Falcons offense to really kind of turn it on there and we were talking so much about Pitts and London but Bajan Robinson did a Bajan Robinson thing
1: here's the thing we can't go through this podcast without bringing up a section on Bajan Robinson. Yeah. We're to that point now. But
2: he's human. Guys, we learned today he is capable of making a mistake. Yeah. (laughs) He fumbled and lost. It would have been different if he recovered his own fumble. Then I would have been like, well, he's still perfect. (laughs) But no, he fumbled and lost the ball. And he actually, like, owned up to that and whatnot and said he's glad it happened because Mm -hmm. it taught him how to bounce back in that moment and to be more aware of what's going on around him. Because I think he – along with all of us, know about his, as he says, God-given abilities and that he normally doesn't get put in situations like that. He gets tackled and that's about it. Mm
1: -hmm. Or he Uh, makes a jukey move and he doesn't get get tackled. Yeah, (laughs) he doesn't
2: get put in those situations where it can get knocked out like that. He Mm -hmm. normally has solid possession. And so I think it was a learning moment for him. I mean, he's a rookie that's bound to happen eventually in his career. And um, when it comes to his production, he did surpass – Andrew Williams. Mm-hmm. I always flip the names because they're both like first-ish. <laughs> or, yeah. And I kept saying Andrews William. I don't know, <laughs> but he passed him when it comes to rookies with yards from scrimmage within five games. Mm-hmm. And now oh, Bajan is ahead of that. But when you look at the previous guys whose name I'm not going to flip-flop, mm-hmm. um, he had five fumbles in his first season. So it's like even the best have issues. He's human. Mm-hmm. And as I said in my story – You can't spell superhuman without human. Yeah. Then he had that touchdown where he caught the ball one handed behind his back. He literally goes, I just let my God given
0: abilities kick in. I'm like,
1: okay. (laughs) Wow. My God giving, given abilities look very different than that.
0: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah. and, And like, that's another one of those plays that it was big in the moment. And those contribute to a positive result in a close game. Um, what was it that Arthur Smith said after the
1: game about about Bajon where he was kind of like the, the – He called it ridiculous. Yeah. First off, he called the play ridiculous, which I loved. Second off, he, he made the comment something along the lines of the good or, or the best players – Oh, I got it. Great players
2: make the hard plays look easy.
1: That's it. And that is to me that if you put Bajon Robinson in the dictionary, that's what should follow it. That's the definition. As the definition.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, he's been really good. We saw Tyler Algier get going a little bit mm-hmm. more in the second half where he's kind of struggled with some inefficiencies. The the only uh, injury of note, I think, is right tackle Caleb uh, McGarry. McGarry. Yeah who suffered a knee injury and didn't return. Um, that's something to kind of keep an eye on as the Falcons turn the page. They they are at 3-2. and two. They have another home game in Week 6 against the Washington Commanders, who just gave up 40 to the Bears, but has also gone toe-to-toe with the Eagles. So week-to-week right. yeah. week league, man. Week-to-week week league. And uh, it's, I think it's going to be interesting to have that matchup here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I thought the crowd was really impactful, especially in the second half. And they're going to have to deal with Sam Howell and Terry McLaurin yeah. and Chase Young. And Here's
1: the thing. Oh, I, I will say this. I've been covering this team for this is now my fourth year. And, you know, even before then, I've been at Mercedes-Benz Stadium or even in the Georgia Dome coming to games. And granted, two of the years that I was covering this team was COVID protocol years, but It has been so refreshing, I think, to see how the Falcons have been able to establish a home field advantage. That's not necessarily something that I have felt over the last couple of years, but it is something that against Carolina, against Green Bay, and today on Sunday against the Texans, you felt that. And I think that is something that I know for a fact this coaching staff and this team and this front office has been – actively wanting to change they want to make mercedes-benz stadium a place that people fear coming and playing in and so far they've won three games at home here so let's see what happens in, a, in another week
2: it's been loud i feel like i'm gonna bring advil to prevent headaches
1: <laughs> it is also nice that we no longer have the glass in the press box, that we can actually hear everything, the, everything, the, the, the e- e- legit everything. It's been really nice and I've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's going to be an, an interesting game to break down over the course of the week, and we'll see if Desmond Ritter can put another solid performance together. And what is a talent, like, there's lots of talent on that commander's defense and and I think it's going to be an interesting matchup as we move forward so let's wrap this thing up Um, another episode of the Falcons final whistle podcast presented by Zaxby's please do what you do rate review subscribe to the Atlanta Falcons podcast network on Apple podcasts and Spotify and please oh please oh please why don't you subscribe to our YouTube page where there's lots of awesome offerings falcons related for you i need to stop talking and get out of this podcast don't i i'm not
1: even i'm not even looking at you i'm looking at my phone i'm Uh, so sorry uh, (laughs) i am ready to
0: go home for for taryn and tori i'm scott we'll see you next week